Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Magazine and sponsored by Steer. Broadcasting from the Oilfield Expert Studios. Oilfield Experts, where you get the right products right now. In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bellotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. Welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto, and today we have a great show lined up for you. We will be joined by Tommy News, CEO of Oasis Petroleum, who, by the way, was featured in the latest issue of Shell Magazine. Now, many of you might be wondering why we've brought Tommy on the show so quickly after featuring him and Oasis Petroleum in Shell Magazine. And quite frankly, There's a lot to talk about when it comes down to Oasis Petroleum, its leadership, and most importantly, Tommy News as a person. There is so much more to the company Oasis, its leadership, and then of course, Tommy News, the man behind the company, the man behind the leadership. What's really hard to do in print is to bring forth the true person. And when we look at Tommy, And all of the amazing things he's accomplished in his not just leadership role, but in his personal life, you might be astounded that this is an amazing man who runs an amazing company. So today we're going to catch up with Tommy and learn a little bit more about the man. Speaking of Shell Magazine, I want to talk to you about our fourth annual State of Energy Luncheon happening on August 29th in beautiful Corpus Christi, Texas. Come on down to Corpus Christi, enjoy a little bit of the sea breeze and learn a lot about oil and gas. Um, We are currently right now looking for sponsors and of course ticket sales uh, are going. It will be a sold out event. So if you're interested in coming to Corpus Christi on August 29th and being a part of Shell Magazine's State of Energy and learning all about what's going on in the Corpus Christi area as well as the Permian Basin area, I encourage you to visit shellmag.com, that's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com to uh, learn more and of course purchase tickets to attend. Be sure to join us the night before on August 28th at 6.30 p.m. at the beautiful Omni Hotel in Corpus Christi, Texas. We will enjoy an amazing networking mixer with plenty of drinks and delicious hors d'oeuvres. On hand will be Suncoast Resources and Marathon Oil. So come join us on August 28th at 6.30 p.m. at the beautiful Omni Hotel in Corpus Christi. For more information, go to shale, S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G dot com slash S-O-E. Be sure to bring plenty of business cards and I look forward to seeing you there. You know, our show airs in all markets in Texas, uh, primarily in Houston and Austin, San Antonio, Permian Basin area, Corpus Christi. And there's a nonprofit out there called Future of the Region of South Texas. It actually is covering 47 counties in South Texas that they look at what is in the best interest for South Texas in areas of transportation, water, oil and gas, border issues, you name it. 
Environment. And this year, their conference will be held in Laredo on September 12th at the Texas A&M International University Student Center. I encourage you, if you want to be involved, if you're living in South Texas, this is a conference for you. Um, And I truly hope that you will get involved. If you um, want to make a difference in where you're living, this is the conference for you to attend. But for more information, visit futureregionstx.org. And I hope to see you there. But now it's time to bring on our resident energy expert and editor of Shell Magazine, David Blackman. David, welcome back this week. Hey, it's another beautiful day in Texas. Sure is. I want to jump into a press release that uh, you and I were discussing earlier. Decided to talk about it on the radio show. It's from the Industrial Energy Consumers of America, which is a nonpartisan association, a 501c3. Um, And basically, they're kind of uh, discussing what the DOE had released a study on macroeconomic outcomes of market determining levels of the U.S. LNG exports. Now, that being said, what is their complaint or concern pertaining to LNG and exporting? Well, this is an organization, the IECA, that is basically funded by the businesses like the chemical companies and plastics companies and fertilizer companies who are all great customers of the natural gas industry. They use natural gas as, as a feedstock in their industrial applications. Um, and that's great. And, and, you know, they need an advocacy wing you know, like IECA, and that's wonderful. Everybody, every industry has this kind of advocacy group working on their behalf. The complaint is that uh, the DOE study basically says this. It says that LNG exports are good for the economy, and the expansion that's going to occur between now and 2040 uh, is going to be great in terms of reducing the trade deficit in the United States, expanding markets for the natural gas that we produce in this country. But it's also going to result in a span of 22 years in a doubling of the natural gas price. And that's their complaint. This group 22 years from now. Right. 22 22 years from now. now. Okay. Which won't even keep up with the rate of inflation. You know, I mean, a can of green beans might uh, uh, increase in price by 150% between now and then, right? Uh, So, so what are they saying? They're saying that they want, and, and, and frankly, that's why they exist, To they want natural gas prices to remain depressed where they've been for the last five years. Um, and they don't want uh, producers in this country to have expanded markets for their product. Well, that's not fair. We have a free market economy. Every other product produced in this country uh, is free to go seek out whatever markets they can find for their product, right? Well, wh- why should natural gas be different? It, it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't like this argument. I never have. Well, and also, though, uh, you know, LNG is, and, and us, why are we not leading the way, or why would we not be leading the way on expanding, exporting the LNG product to other countries as opposed to letting another country do this? So, Well, in this administration, that's what we're going to do. I mean, uh, you know, in this Congress now, Elections can always change things, and four years from now, you know, uh, another Democrat can become president, and this all this expansion of LNG exports will come to an end. Uh, switching gears, BHP Billiton announced the sale of their U.S. shell assets to BP for $10.8 billion. This is a huge deal. Let's talk about that. Huge deal. Yeah, it really is. You know, BHP... Um, and, and I really love this company. I almost went to work for this company in 2012, uh, decided not to. Um, 
when they were getting into the shale market at that time, uh, they paid dearly to to come into the U.S. shale market at a time when crude oil price was around $100 and natural gas prices were six or seven dollars in MMBTU instead of 270, like they are now. And um, and so they you know they paid about 20 billion dollars, uh, a couple of acquisitions, one from Chesapeake and the other uh, PetroHawk Energy, which was the company that drilled the first successful Eagle Ford well. Um, and and so now they're selling these assets for 10.8 billion dollars uh, in a you know a, a much lower price market just to get out of it. Uh, so they haven't had a lot of success. Hopefully BP will be able to take these these assets and have more success with them. Um, you know BP is a huge international company just like BHP Billiton is, and uh, it will be really interesting to see. Frankly, I these international companies have had a difficult time. Uh, producing and being profitable, producing from shale formations in the United States for a lot of different reasons. So it's going to be really interesting to see, uh, you know, BP's taking a big leap here and getting into the market in a big way. And then uh, just wish them all the success of the world. I hope they're successful with it. I want to jump into there's been a 20% jump in private investment in the domestic oil and gas industry. So along with rising exports of oil and gas, or natural gas, um, these were big drivers for a 1.4 GDP growth rate uh, for the second quarter. Explain that. Yeah, uh, and that 20% jump, by the way, was just between the first quarter of this year and the second quarter of this year, okay? $20 billion of additional investment in the upstream oil and gas industry in one quarter. Now, when you compare the second quarter of 2018 to the second quarter of 2017, it's a 97% increase in total investment. Think about that. Year In one year, we've almost doubled the amount of capital invested in the domestic oil and gas industry in a single year. The only other time that we've come close to that was between 1986 when we were coming out of that horrible depression in the industry in 1987 when things were improving. So that's that's how much of a difference a year makes in the domestic oil and gas industry. We have stronger prices now, a lot more capital flowing into the business, uh, a lot more active drilling rigs, a lot more wells being drilled, and, and 2.2 million more people employed either directly or indirectly by the industry in a single year. And yeah, that's a big driver behind that 4.1% GDP number that came out last Friday. And, uh, you know, thank goodness. Thank goodness that uh, you know, we have uh, we have hydraulic fracturing, uh, which drives all of this ability to get the oil and gas out of these gigantic shale formations. And, and, and we've only been doing this for 10 years. We're still in the infancy phase of producing oil and gas from these amazing shale formations all over this country. And we got no telling how many more decades to go of it. So it's it's a real blessing to the whole country. Well, David, that is all the time we have for this week. Look forward to having you back next week when I'm sure we're going to talk more about oil and gas and politics. Until then, take care. I'll look forward to it. And with that, we do have to take a quick break. When we return, Tommy News, CEO of Oasis Petroleum, will be joining us. And you're listening to an Oil Patch Radio Show. We'll be right back. 
in the Oil Patch Radio Show is proud to bring you this week's Energy Minute produced by shalemag.com. Here's Texas Railroad Commissioner Ryan Sitton with your current industry update. This is Texas Railroad Commissioner Ryan Sitton with your Energy Minute. The Trump administration announced yesterday that it plans to roll back Obama-era moves to raise fuel economy standards for automobiles. In addition, the administration said that it will seek to strip California of its special authority to set its own standards. The new plan will freeze economy levels after 2020 instead of steadily increasing through 2026, meaning that cars and light-duty trucks will average around 37 miles per gallon versus 50 miles per gallon that the prior administration had hoped for. This hope was despite critics stated that the cost of this move would be unsustainable to the American economy. WTI was back in the black yesterday, climbing $1.16 to close at $68.99 per barrel. This is Ryan Sitton, and that's your Energy Minute. Listen to In the Oil Patch Radio and keep up with the oil and gas industry online at shalemag.com. From the industry's toughest frack equipment manufacturer comes the latest innovation in frack sand delivery. Introducing Sandforce, the new frack sand delivery system from Dragon. The unique design, double drop gravity fed discharge system is trailer mounted and unloads the standard 25 tons in less than 12 minutes. So go ahead, give yourself an unfair advantage. Put the power of Sandforce to work for you today. Call 800 231 8198. Again, that number is 800 231 8198 or visit dragonsandforce.com. Oilfield experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. And welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, and today we have a great show lined up for you today. We are going to be joined by Tommy News, who is the CEO of Oasis Petroleum, who, for some of you who may not know this, was our past cover of Shell magazine. And so, Tommy, I want to welcome you to the show today. Thanks, Kim. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on with you. And I also want to introduce, we are, uh, this is a very special show because we actually have our editor of Shell Magazine, David Blackman. David, welcome to the show as well. Hey, happy to be here. Well, you know, it's always a treat for Shell Magazine to interview executives, great uh, oil companies, and just kind of tell their side of the story. Because I think we all kind of know that a lot of the uh, media that gets played out in mainstream media is usually uh, not as positive. And, and we have a different take at, at, in the oil patch and, of course, in Shell Magazine that there's a lot of great uh oil companies out there and a lot of great service companies that are really doing great things and and uh, energy is something we definitely have to have so i want to bring on tommy news who tommy i introduced you a minute ago but let's talk a little bit about um who you are uh and a little bit about oasis petroleum real quick yeah great kim thanks uh, thanks again for the opportunity to be here uh i know a lot of your listeners are in texas uh so let me start with Telling you that while everything that we've done to this point uh, has been up in the Williston Basin, uh, Taylor Reed and myself started the company back in Houston in 2007 with private equity funding from NCAP here in Houston. And our corporate office is here, and uh, we have about 300 employees uh, in this in this office. Um, we we got funded in March of 2007, and. Uh, it didn't take us long to, to, to find something to do. We uh, actually, within the first three months, uh, closed on a deal in the Williston Basin. We, we had 
uh, kind of backyard from for us from our Burlington uh, background. But uh, we we purchased a thousand barrels equivalent a day, and at that time, and uh, when we closed in June 2007, with along with uh, about 175,000 net net acres. So we were we were off and running early. We uh, started to build the company, and, to, and then in 2010 uh, we went public. And at that time, we had about 3,000 barrels equivalent a day of production, about 300,000 acres, and 30 employees. And, and we had grown that to 500,000 or half a million net acres and 75,000 BOEs a day, uh, all in the Williston Basin, of course, and and all while making sure that we we, we were able to 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 build a company with a, a strong uh, value system and, and culture. Uh, as you know, recently we made an entry, first step out of the Williston Basin, we made an entry into the Permian. Uh, it's first of this year, about 22,000 net acres. Uh, so currently, you know, we've got our cornerstone position in the Williston, about half a million acres, 15 years of core drilling inventory. About 90% of our capital will be spent in the Williston this year, which is about a billion dollars. Uh, and and we derive about 95% of our production uh, still from the Williston, and uh, we're we're proud of where we are as a company today. We feel like that we can grow in you know mid to high teens, uh, living within cash flow, and now with the deal that we did in the Permian, we have a great complement to our cornerstone Williston position. So Tommy, you uh you started in the Bakken, now you're in the Permian Basin. These are the two hottest shell plays in the country, obviously. Uh, I guess the Eagle Ford's kind of competitive in there as well, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm guessing this is not an accident that you're looking to go where where the best resource is as part of your business plan, right? Yeah, David, it's uh, you know probably obviously we're a little bit biased, uh, but we would say <laughs> not only the hottest, but uh, what, we, what we consider to be the two best oil ba- resource basins in the U.S. and Ever since the IPO, we've talked about, you know, the, the, the fact that at some time it would make sense for us to have another portfolio element. Uh, scale is important in this business, both micro, what we call micro within a basin, and macro being uh, multi-basin. And uh, we've been looking outside of the Williston for the past several years to identify the right opportunity, and then it's then it's just a question of waiting for uh, – waiting for that opportunity to pass through the execution window. And that happened for us uh, at the end of last year. So uh, we see the Permian as a great opportunity to establish a great complement to a tremendous Williston position, to expand our core inventory that's resilient to low oil prices uh, and create a gener- uh, tremendous margins at high oil prices. It capitalizes on our operation operational capabilities and and full field development, but uh, you know what I what I would tell you tell you is, and David, I think you've heard me say before is is that full field development in the Permian is going to be the Williston on steroids. Uh, <laughs> but at least we've done it before, and 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 we know how to attack it. Uh, and then it gives us an opportunity to redeploy some of the capital that was tied up in some of the tail end inventory in in Williston, and and redeploy that into the Permian Basin. 
Now, um, I'm curious because we're a radio show that uh, it talks to all walks of life. So we have some oil folks that are listening. But we also have some uh, individuals that are going to listen that are just kind of outside of the oil and gas area. Did you learn a lot of, um, of, of the experience that came out of the Bakken? Is it kind of similar to the same of what you're getting ready to go into with the, the Permian Basin Shell as well? Or is there uh, stark differences between them? Kim, what I would say is is that uh, it's they are similar in in terms of how we attack it, uh, it but it's a, a, a much bigger resource. You know, we we'll, we we deal with maybe 300 feet of section in a, in a vertical section in the middle Bakken and the Williston, and that's middle Bakken and three forks, whereas. Uh, the section that we're dealing with where we are in the Permian, which is the eastern part of the Delaware, that, that section is about 3,000 feet. Uh, and so there's, uh, there's many more stacked pays in there, and it does increase uh, the complexity a bit on full field development. But it's not, you know, it's, the, the concepts are going to be basically the same. Okay, understood. And when we get back from break, I want to talk about the diversity between uh, Oasis Petroleum, between uh, the core part of your business, and then, of course, your hydraulic fracturing operations as well. But we do have to take a quick break. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. American Wounded Heroes invites you to participate in our 11th Annual Golf Classic on August 6th, hosted at the Dominion Country Club at One Dominion Drive in San Antonio, Texas. The mission of the American Wounded Heroes Golf Classic is to significantly enhance and brighten the lives of our American Wounded Heroes and first responders. So come play some golf with us. You can participate as a golfer or sponsor a hero for $150 per person. Multiple corporate sponsorships are still available, but they're selling out fast. So please visit AmericanWoundedHeroesGolfClassic.com. Again, that's AmericanWoundedHeroesGolfClassic.com for more details. You can also contact J.D. Damien at 210-381-7492. And we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Tommy News, president of Oasis Petroleum. Uh, and David, I think you had a question about uh, the uh, business of Oasis Petroleum. Yeah, and, and so Tommy, of course, you were on the cover of the current issue of Shell Magazine. We didn't get to cover this just because of space limitations in the cover story. But uh, in addition to your upstream business, uh, Oasis also has a, you know, it runs its own frack spreads up in the Bakken Shell. And you also have a pretty sizable midstream business as well. And I wanted to give you just a chance to kind of talk about you know those those parts of your business and the, and the reasons why you, you know you are doing while you're you're doing those different non upstream kind of functions up in, in the Bakken you're not doing that in the Permian Basin and just kind of talk about the differences there between the two basins. Yeah, David, I, what I would say is is that you know it's obviously uh, early days in the Permian and and we'll see see where. Uh, evolution of that asset takes us but uh but you're exactly right we have a services business that includes frack but we do some other things uh uh in that service business as well like owning drill pipe and and things like that but uh on the frack side when we went public in in 2000 and 
10, you know, we, we knew that we really needed to get to execution on our Williston position and, and hold our drill blocks. And, uh, and, and the services at the time were, were tight and the, the service business to us boils down to three things. It's, it's availability and certainty of service, it's quality of service and it's cost. Uh, the whole thing, as I mentioned, started about the time that we went public and, you know, we really couldn't get the attention of, of the big three uh, frack uh, companies at, at the time. And uh, but that's not their fault. It, it's kind of like you'll, you'll hear me say a number of times that, that scale matters uh, in, in this business, whether it's the upstream or the service, service business. And uh, the, the second tier companies wanted us to sign uh, multi-year take or pay contracts. And, and we just didn't think that it was prudent for us to take on that kind of liability. So, and we had a lot of in-house expertise. We had uh, a number of guys that had worked for local service companies that had started uh, uh, frack businesses in the Williston. Uh, myself, I worked for Halliburton for a while and I was on a frack crew and a cement wagon and, and ran tools. And, and so we had a, a number of people that, uh, that had experience uh, in-house with that. And in fact, uh, you know, our guys were training a lot of the guys that were working for us. Uh, so as we looked at the landscape, we said, Hey, it, it, you know, it makes more sense for us to do this ourselves. And, and so that's, that's what we did, but, but we only frack for us. Uh, and, and now we supplement, uh, with some of the, uh, the other bigger players, but we, we still integrate them into our processes if, if they, as if they were our own, which I think, I think they appreciate, uh, on, on the midstream side, uh, our philosophy is not much different. Uh, we do water gathering and disposal. We do oil gathering and conditioning, gas gathering and processing, and freshwater distribution. Uh, and, and again, it's all about managing business risk and the ability to capture and move all of our products after making very significant investments in the upstream uh, full field development projects. So, uh, in, in for for example, our team. I think did a tremendous job anticipating the current tightness in gas processing capacity in the Williston Basin. So we were a bit ahead of the curve and in designing and building a second plant. Our original plant was 80 million a day. The second one that's under construction right now is 200 million a day. Uh, and it should come on this fall. And, uh, and that's extremely important when you, when you look at gas production in, in the Williston, uh, as of the most recent report, about 2.3 BCF a day of processing capacity is 2.1 BCF a day. Uh, and on top of that, uh, as you know, David, we've got flaring rules in, in North Dakota uh, where they limit the amount of gas that you can flare. So, you know, you, you spend all the money that you want to on the upstream business, but if you can't uh, move your products, uh, you, you've got a problem. And, and so it's... <laughs> It's not just the gas processing business. You know, it was a water, the water business and, and oil gathering business. We, it's uh, it, it it twenty below zero. It's a little bit difficult to be moving things by truck all the time. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, having that infrastructure in place is has been very beneficial to us. And and like I say, being in front of the game here on the gas processing side, it was was a tremendous call by the team here. And with that, Tommy, we do have to take a real quick break. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. 
Hi folks, Alvin Bailey here. Hey, did you know the Port of Corpus Christi is primed to become the energy port for the United States energy industry? Join us for the State of Energy Luncheon. It's going to be August the 29th from 1130 until 1 p.m. at the Solomon Ortiz Center in Corpus Christi. It's August the 29th at 1130 at the Solomon Ortiz Center in Corpus Christi. This event will sell out, so log on now and get your tickets at shalemag.com. Hi, I'm Kim Pilato, host of In the Oil Patch Radio Show and president of Future of the Region South Texas. And I'd like to encourage you to join me on September 12th through the 14th at the Texas A&M International University in Laredo, Texas at the Student Center, where we will be discussing some of the most important regional topics for South Texas. The future of the region includes you. Help support the future of the region by shaping your thoughts with other local experts on innovative solutions to challenging regional issues. Help shape the future of the region by sharing your thoughts with other local experts on innovative solutions to challenging regional issues. We encourage you to join us September 12th through the 14th in beautiful Laredo, Texas at the Texas A&M International University Student Center. To learn more about this amazing organization or to purchase a ticket to attend the event, please visit futureregionstx.org. Again, that's futureregionstx.org. And we're back to In the Oil Patch Radio. I'm David Blackman here with Kim Bellotto. And our guest is Tommy News, the CEO and chairman of Oasis Petroleum. And, and Tommy, before we went to the, to the last break, you were talking about how important it is to be able to move your product once you produce it. And uh, up in the Bakken Shell, we were talking about your operations up there. But it, it's also becoming a bit of, a, of an issue in the Permian Basin, um, particularly here over the last few months, the... Uh, supply of capacity, pipeline capacity, taking taking crude oil and natural gas away out of that basin has gotten into a real crunch that uh, looks like it's going to last here for the next several months and maybe even get a little worse than it already is. And I just wonder, uh, you know, in looking at that and you, you're, you have a fairly new position out there, you just got in at the first of the year. What, what kind of strategies does, does a company like Oasis in your position out there what kind of strategies do you uh, implement to deal with this kind of uh, of a blowout of capacity? Yeah, David, it's it's not just you know big pipe; it's midstream. Uh, the lack of capacity does uh, present some challenges. The great news is is that it's because the Permian is such a yeah. tremendous oil and gas resource, you know. So it's kind of good news, bad news. Uh, but uh, uh, but going in, you know, there were three things actually that, uh, you know, as we made the step out of the Wilston and decided to do something in the Permian, there were three things that that we identified as as primary risks, and uh, w- one of those was availability of services. You know, being able to capture rigs, frac services, and all the other input elements, uh, geologic expansion. Uh, vertically and horizontally, you know, Taylor uh, has a great term that that he, he uses. That that's what he says is is not out drilling our knowledge, uh, you know, not getting too far ahead of ourselves on on what we know and what we don't know. Uh, and then the last is 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 you started with is takeaway capacity and 
and uh, that will take care of itself. Um, uh, but it will take some time, and and so uh, we're taking it slow, which which helps with with the takeaway capacity, which uh, we think will be kind of a 2019 mid to late 2019 uh, thing where it's, it starts to, to fix itself. Uh, but that taking it slow philosophy applies to, to, to availability of services and, and not out drilling our knowledge as well. So that's one of the reasons why, you know, we, we've told everybody that uh, we're going to kind of, kind of grow into this thing. And, and uh, that's influenced by all three of those, by managing all three of those, risk factors. Now, Tommy, I, I do want to switch gears just a little bit and talk about the pipeline capacity situation and uh, the struggles that it seems like Permian Basin is having. Um, and I want your take on, is this something that's going to resolve itself fairly quickly, or um, is this going to have some kind of a long-term impact? And and also, uh, to, to add to that question, um, I want your opinion on the new steel tariffs that are uh, being played out right now. Yeah, so it's uh, I touched on it a, a bit a minute ago, but it's a, it's a bit of a catch twenty two. I, I mean, you you want there to be so much resource uh, conversion to available supply that that you're always bumping capacity, right? But uh, but that that creates some volatility and. Uh, the the good news is is that there's a number of projects uh, on the board and and a lot of people making good progress on on those projects so that you know we kind of look at it uh, as a mid to late 2019 thing but uh, you know none of this projection is perfect so it's it, it's going to be a bit bumpy uh, but but we do think that it that it'll fix itself the good news is 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 most of that pipe gets laid in inside the boundaries of the state of Texas, uh, and and we think that's pretty helpful. Um, on the tariff front, uh, you know that very well could influence costs and to a le- lesser extent uh, timing uh, of of big pipe, uh, but we you know we we think that will sort itself out uh, as well. It's I, I wouldn't focus on the short term or or initial negotiating positioning uh, or posturing at this point when it comes to tariffs and and uh you know while it gets a lot of headlines you 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 kind of know how the negotiating process works with the current administration and uh and and we'll see how it plays out and with that we do have to take a quick break but when we return uh, i think we want to get on oil prices next but we do have to take a quick break you are listening to in the oil patch and we'll be right back From the industry's toughest frack equipment manufacturer comes the latest innovation in frack sand delivery. Introducing Sandforce, the new frack sand delivery system from Dragon. The unique design, double-drop, gravity-fed discharge system is trailer-mounted and unloads the standard 25 tons in less than 12 minutes. So go ahead, give yourself an unfair advantage. Put the power of Sandforce to work for you today. Call 800-231-8198. Again, that number is 800-231-8198 or visit dragonsandforce.com. The vision of the Women's Energy Network is to be the premier organization that educates, attracts, retains, and develops professional women working across the value chain. Also known as WEN, our mission is to develop programs that provide networking opportunities and foster career and leadership development of women who work in the energy industry. 
Thousands of women are breaking ground in energy industry careers every year, and 4,000 of them are already members of the Women's Energy Network across our 14 chapters. Members receive exclusive access to mentoring, job boards, group discussions, member-only networking events, expert speaking engagements, and more. Join today by visiting womensenergynetwork.org slash Houston or call 1-855-390-0650. The Women's Energy Network, empowering women in energy. Hi folks, Alvin Bailey here. Hey, did you know the Port of Corpus Christi is primed to become the energy port for the United States energy industry? Join us for the State of Energy Luncheon. It's going to be August the 29th from 1130 until 1 p.m. at the Solomon Ortiz Center in Corpus Christi. Come early, network with oil and gas professionals, enjoy a great lunch, hear a real energy discussion from industry professionals. It's August the 29th at 1130 at the Solomon Ortiz Center in Corpus Christi. This event will sell out, so log on now and get your tickets at shalemag.com. Oilfield Experts is the only place you need to go to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oilfield equipment needs. Specializing in hard-to-find oilfield parts for your fleet maintenance needs, Oilfield Experts have been providing parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. Here's the number, so write it down. Oilfield Experts, 210-471-1923. And we're back to In the Oil Patch Radio. I'm David Blackman here with Kim Bellotto. And our guest is Tommy News, the CEO and chairman of Oasis Petroleum. And, and Tommy, no interview with you would be complete without giving you a chance to talk about your long and generous association with your college, your alma mater, Mississippi State University. Uh, we covered this a little bit in the Shell Magazine cover story in the current issue of the magazine, but you know, I really could have written the whole piece on that uh, because you have this long and, and very uh, kind of amazing association with the university. You played so many roles. And I just want to give you a chance to talk about some of the things you and your wife, Terry, have done in the past and are currently engaged in over there. Yeah, David. Uh, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for, for asking about it. I could I could spend a couple of days on this one. Um <laughs> But, uh, you know, my father, having been a coach at football coach at Mississippi State, uh, you know, I kind of uh, had, had a history back to uh, late 60s uh, and early 70s. And, and, and along with that, you know, coming up in a basically a football family. But uh, Terry and I have been very blessed and been fortunate enough to do a lot of things uh, beyond just football. So, in addition to that, we've been very involved in women's basketball. You know, we've been to the to the finals the last couple of years, and and uh, and also involved in in softball and in men's baseball. And uh, but it's not just all about sports. It's it's also also the academic side. And and so we've done a lot of things on scholarships, uh, facilities, uh, professorships, and uh, in the entrepreneur program. Which, which started in the engineering department and now has moved off to the to the business school. Uh, but some of the things that we're most proud of are some of the more non-traditional things, which seems to be a bit of a, a theme with our family. Uh, <laughs> we uh, we recognize that the great things that go on at Mississippi State couldn't happen without the shield of those who preserve our freedom. So, 
Uh, we're very involved with our uh, United States Veterans uh, Initiatives. We provided an anchor gift for the new Sonny Montgomery Center for American Veterans. Uh, and I've, I've not seen other ones on, on campuses across the United States, but I, know, I do know this one's pretty nice. Uh, and, you know, over 10% of the student population in Mississippi State runs through there, as well as uh, the center provides support for veterans across northern Mississippi. Uh, and then Terry's very involved in supporting the therapeutic horseback riding program for the vets uh, as well. Uh, and then we're also very involved with a state-of-the-art middle school facility on campus that will will be the home of the sixth and seventh grade, all the sixth and seventh graders in Octavio County. So it's kind of shoring up that transition from elementary school to secondary education, and then uh, you know, kind of an add-on to that, although. Uh, not at, directly at Mississippi State. We're very involved in a, an initiative here in Houston called One Goal, where uh, we focus on the transition from high school to college for kids from the lower economic quartiles, uh, and we're seeing tremendous success there. That's excellent. I want to drill down on the last question we have, which is a little bit more of your kind of covered Mississippi State University and all the wonderful things you're doing. But I understand your daughter, Megan, is also an amazing person. So let's talk a little bit about home life. Can you tell me a little bit about Megan and your wife, Terry? Yeah. So uh, we've got a son, Brandon, who's amazing in his own right. So I don't, <laughs> I don't want to hear him listen and, and uh, feel left out. But uh but anyway, uh, and, and he's a Mississippi State graduate as well. But uh, uh, on the equestrian front, it's, it's, it's a bit of an interesting story, and we've been involved in that for, for probably 25 years. And, again, uh, a sport that's a bit non-traditional. Uh, it's co-ed, but, but it's very easy to understand when they, when they transition to jumpers. It's rails and time, and, and even I can figure that one out. Um, but it's been a lot of fun. Uh, we've met a lot of interesting people, traveled all over the world to watch uh, Megan compete, uh, including places like Brazil and Slovakia, uh, where she's ridden for the U.S. equestrian team. Uh, and I've been able to meet a lot of very uh, successful, high-profile business people in, in other sectors outside of the, the oil business uh, that gives me a lot of different perspectives. And so... Uh, so that's a bit of a side benefit, but it's 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 a lot of fun and, and very interesting. We've also uh, supported Kent Farrington, uh, who Megan rides with, and watched him climb from number 30 to the number one rider in the world uh, in the time that, that Megan's been riding with him. Uh, but we slowed that down, whole thing down a little bit. As, as, as Megan says, she's been one of the top riders in the world and ridden in the biggest venues in the world against the best riders in the world, but she never finished college. Uh, so no surprise. She's at Mississippi state. Uh, now. <laughs> no, no surprise. Uh, yeah. That's a shocker, isn't it? Right. Uh, and tr true to form a little bit non-traditional. She's now uh, 30 years old. So she started August a year ago and turned 30 in, in, uh, in September, uh, but as part of that whole horse adventure, you know, we had our own transport business to move horses around. So I learned more about the trucking business than I, than I ever wanted to know. And I uh, had my own 18 wheeler at one time of all things. Uh, but, but Interesting. That, uh, yeah. But that uh, did, did allow me to help our son, Brant, who now has his own transportation business in Florida. So, so I'm a lot, able to give him a lot of guidance uh on that front. So, you know, sometimes it's not always clear, uh, but there's a plan and we just don't, 
just uh, always know what it is, but it's not always our plan. And and uh, and it's kind of amazing how some of these things tend to tend to connect uh, back together as you go through life. Excellent. Well, Tommy, with that, that is the end of the show. It sounds like you have, uh, obviously, you're an amazing um, CEO and chairman of Oasis Petroleum, but also you have an amazing family. So thank you for coming on the show and sharing your story with us. And hopefully we will catch up with you at another time. We can kind of give us an update on what's going on uh, with Oasis Petroleum. But until then, thank you again for being a guest on our show. I look forward to it, Kim. David, thank you both. Thanks again, Tommy, for being a guest on our show today. And congratulations, because you get to be the topic of today's trivia question. Hey, email the correct answer to this trivia question to radio at shellmag.com. Again, that's radio at shalemag.com. And you'll have a chance to win a $75 gift certificate to Fogo de Chao, an amazing Brazilian steakhouse. Today's trivia question is, what is the title of... Tommy News with Oasis Petroleum. Remember to email the correct answer to radio at shellmag.com and you'll have a chance to win a $75 gift certificate to Fogo de Chao, the Brazilian steakhouse. If you are interested in keeping up with In the Oil Patch Radio Show or the latest issue of Shell Magazine, you can do that. It's free. All you have to do is go to www dot shellmag.com again that's s-h-a-l-e-m-a-g.com and sign up for our free newsletter that is going to wrap up another great show we'll see you next week with more exciting news and insightful interviews until then adios in the oil patch is where together we explore topics that affect us all in oil gas business and in your community every week your host kim Bellotto will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry you'll hear from industry experts elected officials and many more right here on in the oil patch